mercy. You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with a Gun Show. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Let me get serious. This week, we're going to talk about what Frederick Douglass said and what is the 4th of July to a slave. We're going to talk about Juneteenth, about watch night service, about Freedom's Eve, and uh, I'm just glad I'm free. It's going to be a lot of history in a short amount of time. Michael J. Williams is going to give us some stuff on safety. And if you're not careful, you're going to learn something. Thanks for listening. Hit it, man. This is a weekly podcast for the mature and the cool people in the gun community. The show's title is to inspire, not to incite. My name is Ken Blanchard. I'm a gun rights activist, an author, a trainer, and a professional speaker, showcasing the diversity of the gun culture with experts in hunting, gun rights, the justice system, American history, and self-defense. And it's done all with compassion for all people. Welcome to the show. In case you don't know, I know who I am. I'm the dude playing the dude disguised as a dude. They call him the black man with a gun, but you can call me Ken. This is episode number 530 of your favorite righteous podcast. I want to say a quick hello and hello and what's up to all my friends on the um, app. You guys have been rocking it, man. I mean, that thing is growing like every day. I'm getting a little beep, beep, beep. I mean, they're like really adding up. If you don't have an app for your podcast, you are missing out. It is just too cool for school. And I got somebody who could make one for you. If you um, are ready to move up to that level, just let me know. And I will pass on information to you. The summer is here, and I just wanted to pass on some knowledge and maybe a different perspective for us in the gun community about the 4th of July, about freedom. And I'm going to add a little history with it. That's okay with you. Here we go. This portion of the show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com. Crossbreed Holsters has gained national recognition as a maker of the best and most functional concealment holsters available on the market today. Each holster is handcrafted to ensure your firearm is safe and secure while carrying, combined with the best customer service in the industry. Visit CrossbreedHolsters.com. I am hoping that you had a really good Independence Day, that your 4th of July was more than just watching some fireworks, ducking some bullets, or eating a hot dog. Going to talk about celebratory gunfire. Talk about Freddie Douglass's quote in his speech, July 5th, 1852. What to the slave is the 4th of July? Also, watch night service, Freedom's Eve, the connection with Juneteenth. We talk a lot about history, and sometimes folks, not you, but other folks, miss the point. Well, we're going to clarify it today. Are you ready for it? All right, let's rock this thing. July 5th, 1852. Frederick Douglass, an American social activist, former slave, abolitionist, orator, writer, and statesman, spoke in Rochester, New York. The meaning of July 4th for the slave. 
not the Negro. I'm not going to clean it up. He was addressing the Rochester Ladies Anti-Slavery Society. The summer is my favorite time of the year. Not only is it my birthday, but it's the time when I spent with my grandmother in rural Tidewater, Virginia. Grandmother had a shotgun, and I've talked about that before. But she also lived in a time where we didn't have any plumbing for the most part. We had water coming out of a well, electronic pump, but there was no toilet per se. We still had the chamber pots and the outhouse, and we still grew our food outside, and there was no air condition, and tons of the stuff that we have today, it was not there in 1962. It was the year the Beatles released their first record, Love Me Do. It was the year that research groups discovered antimatter. It was the year of James Bond, Dr. No. It was the year of the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's when it started. It was also during the Civil Rights era. My birth certificate said colored. Later, I became Negro. In the 70s, I was black. Somewhere in there, I became Afro-American. Now, you can look at the demographics for any government job, and it says black, African-American, not Hispanic. I say all that to tell you that I've lived through some change. I'm just letting you know that I've seen some change over my life. We are a people in search of a racial identity. We still have a lot of self-hatred. I say that as someone who has seen it up close. We project it onto other people. When asked, many of my black brothers and sisters will take a while before they call themselves American when given the choice. Negative stereotypes have influenced us. The younger people would rather be called a felon than a fellow. We've embraced and made love to victimology. American slavery took a chunk out of us that hasn't healed. My last couple of podcasts, folks got me twisted. I didn't say that racism doesn't exist. Are you kidding me? I'm just saying we look for the boogeyman when he isn't there, though, sometimes. We won't call an idiot an idiot. The only word we have is racism. That's all I'm saying. And before we can go to the 4th of July, let us go to New Year's Eve. Many of us who live or grew up in or near black communities in the United States have probably heard of watch night services. It's the gathering of the faithful in church on New Year's Eve. What most don't know is that what we are celebrating can be traced back to the gatherings on December 31st, 1862, also known as Freedom's Eve. On that night, black people came together in churches and private homes all across the nation, anxiously awaiting news that the Emancipation Proclamation actually had become a law. Then, at the stroke of midnight, it was January 1st, 1863, that all slaves in the Confederate States were declared legally free. When the news was received, there were prayers and shouts and songs of joy as people fell on their knees and thanked God. And black folks have been gathering in churches annually ever since, praising God for bringing us safely through another year. Now, that news didn't get around as fast as it does now. So places south of North Carolina, places like Texas, they didn't get the message until June. And as a result, they celebrate Juneteenth for the same thing. Freedom. Every New Year's Eve night, when I got a chance to stay with my grandmother as a child, I would anxiously await her, celebrate New Year's Eve and our freedom with her shotgun. You see, it went something like this. 
We were there from the Christmas holidays. Me, my younger cousin Jackie, and her sister Janet. We were kind of like the the orphan kids. Grandma kind of took care of us especially because um, we were born out of wedlock and there was always some issue with the families and I could go into a long story there, but grandma kind of took care of us. And I had a grandfather as well, but he soon um, got ill because of a stroke and it was just grandma and us. The grandma would take that shotgun, which I didn't know what brand it was or model it was. It was just all gray and brown and it sat behind the potbelly stove in the kitchen next to the wood box. Every New Year's Eve, you would hear her feet sliding on that linoleum floor. The back door would open. You would hear her walking toward the screen door. We had like a little back screen door where you could just hang out on the porch back there in the hot times. And it was always cooler on that porch. And she would crank open that door, hit that screen door, look up into the sky and fire off two rounds. Happy New Year! Blam! And you would hear Limbs and branches fall off the tree that was next to the house. Then again, Happy New Year! Kaboom! Grandma again unload that shotgun up into the woods. And we would just howl. We would giggle for hours. The grandma was going to hurt somebody. Probably shoot down a plane with that old rusty shotgun. But it never happened. And then the door would close. You'd hear her slide back in the room. The doors would lock and all the little latches and shackles and chains she had on the door would close back up. She reload the shotgun and put it back. And off we go to sleep. When my grandmother fired her shotgun every Freedom's Eve, it demonstrated a couple of things to me as a child. The first was that we would never take our freedom for granted. The second was that a black woman wielding a shotgun in celebration was a symbol of a nation a people and rights we must always defend. You know, slaves can't own guns. And we were free. Now, as we have grown up and we are into our urban areas, celebratory gunfire is a no-no. You'll see it in all the old nations. And usually it's with an AK-47. I remember Mikhail Galishnikov, the former Red Army sergeant, behind one of the world's most omnipresent weapons, the AK-47. And its variants and its copies of it, used by national armies, terrorists, drug gangs, bank robbers, revolutionaries, jihadists, and good guys like you and me. He died December 23rd, a few years back, in a hospital in Russia. I got a chance to meet him once. Short guy. He was 94. So what is it about this Juneteenth? All right, historically. It was around 19 June, 1865, and it marks the abolition of slavery in the state of Texas. Now, I'll let you know already that it was because of the um, Emancipation Proclamation, which actually was written 22 September 1862, but wasn't to be introduced until January of 1863. It proclaimed the freedom of slaves in 10 states still in rebellion, freeing about 3 million of the 4 million slaves in captivity at the time. Texas, even after military hostilities had ended, did not comply with the proclamation. Major General Gordon Granger, born in Joy, Wayne County, New York, in 1821, landed at Galveston, Texas, with news that the war had ended and that the enslaved were now free. Note that this was two and a half years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, which had happened January 1st, 1863. 
the Emancipation Proclamation had little impact on Texans due to the minimal number of Union troops they had to enforce this new executive order. However, with the surrender of General Lee in April of 1865 and the arrival of General, General Granger, his regiment, the forces were finally strong enough to influence and overcome the resistance. Later attempts to explain this two-and-a-half-year delay in the receipt of this important news have yielded several versions that have been handed down through the years. Often told is the story of a messenger who was murdered on his way to Texas with the news of freedom. Another story is that uh, federal troops actually waited for the slave owners to reap the benefits of one last cotton harvest before going to Texas to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation. All of which or neither of these versions could be true. Certainly, for some, President Lincoln's authority over the rebellious states was in question for whatever the reasons. Conditions in Texas remain status quo well beyond what is statutory. One of General Granger's first orders of business was to read to the people of Texas General Order Number 3, which began, The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and free laborer. The reactions to these news range from pure shock to immediately jubilation. Some stayed, but a lot of folks went north, getting the hell out of there at the first chance they got. North was a logical destination because it represented true freedom, while the desire to reach family members in neighboring states drove some to Louisiana, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. The celebration of June 19th was coined Juneteenth and grew with more participation from descendants. The Juneteenth celebration was a time for reassuring each other, for praying, and for gathering remaining family members. Juneteenth continued to be highly revered in Texas, but not too many places other than that, unfortunately. So, if you are a person of color and you have never heard of Juneteenth or don't know the background for it, it's probably because you haven't lived in Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, or Oklahoma, or one of those places where it's still celebrated. If you live on the coast, don't fault your parents too bad for not uh, letting you know about these things. But now that you have access to all this information, don't stop with just listening to me. Do your own research and find out some more history so you can stop the madness and help your kids be better off than you are. On January 1st, 1980, Juneteenth became an official state holiday through the efforts of Al Edwards, an African-American state legislator. The successful passage of that bill marked Juneteenth as the first emancipation celebration granted official state recognition. Edwards has uh, since actively sought to spread the observance of Juneteenth across all America. So what is the 4th of July to a slave? Well, I am not a slave. If you know about the uh, name it and claim it theology taught by some televangelists and faith healers from megachurches and Pentecostal preachers, they use this term name it and claim it, as a prosperity gospel. Well, I want to turn it a little bit and say that you must claim your freedom in order to not be it. You must claim positive and not to be negative. In this day and age, with all that we have access to, you can choose to be free or not. Real slavery has existed since the beginning of time, especially since the Roman Empire. Systems of servitude and slavery were common in all parts of the continent as much as the ancient world. 
in most African societies where slavery was prevalent, the enslaved people were not treated as shadow slaves and were given certain rights in a system similar to indentured servitude elsewhere in the world. When the Arab slave trade and Atlantic slave trade began, many of the local slave um, systems changed and began supplying captives outside of Africa. There is still slavery in Bangladesh, Chad, China, Congo, Ethiopia, Europe, Haiti, India, Mali, Mauritania, Niger, North Korea, Pakistan, Russia, the Sudan, and you can still find it here in the United States. It's not like picking cotton or singing spirituals. It's the life and the form of child labor, debt, forced marriage, bride buying, wife selling, forced prostitution, and human trafficking. I am a descendant of the Atlantic slave trade. And then it was all about money, power, and greed. The native people of this land were first utilized as slave labor by the Europeans, but they were not very good uh, conduits for it. Most died from overwork and just refusal to change. The old world diseases and their own strength as a people stopped them from doing it. So alternate sources of labor, such as indentured servitude, failed to also provide a sufficient workforce. Slavery happened here because many crops could not be sold for profit or even grown in Europe. And exporting crops and goods from the New World to Europe often proved to be more profitable from producing them on the uh, European mainland. My people became the answer to the labor shortage. There was large amounts of cheap land available and lots of landowners searching for workers. Free European immigrants were also here. And they became landowners themselves after a relatively short time thus increasing the need for workers. Slavery hit hard here in North America. But I am what a free man looks like. Say what I want, do what I want. Not blaming anybody for anything. All my failures, mine. All my successes, mine. In 1993, we created the 10th Cavalry Gun Club's first Juneteenth celebration. It was, of course, stolen by another organization who called it Minority Day at the Range. And just like that group, they also stole some other stuff we did, and it became first steps and first shots. I went looking for my grandmother's shotgun, asked my uncle, who was the keeper of all the stuff that my grandmother had in her old house, but he can't find it, so that's gone forever. Not quite sure what model it was. It probably was from Sears and Roebuck or one of those off-brands, it wasn't one of those high-quality things, but it worked just fine. So what is the 4th of July? It's a day we celebrate American independence. We think of July 4th, 1776 as the day that represents the Declaration of Independence and the birth of the United States of America as an independent nation. Even though July 4th, 1776 wasn't the day that the Continental Congress decided to declare independence. They did that in July 2nd. It wasn't the day we started the American Revolution either. That happened back in 75. And it wasn't the day that Thomas Jefferson wrote the first draft of the Declaration of Independence. And most of the framers and the founders of our great Declaration of Independence were slave owners themselves, also caught in the system of institutionalized slavery. It kind of reminds me of that old saying. They said one Sunday morning at a small southern church, a new pastor called on one of his older deacons to lead in the opening prayer. The deacon stood up and bowed his head and said, Lord, I hate buttermilk. The pastor opened one eye and wondered where this was going. The deacon continued, Lord, I hate lard. Now the pastor was really perplexed. The deacon continued, Lord, I ain't too crazy about plain flour. 
But after you mix them all up together and bake them in a hot oven, I just love biscuits. Lord, help us to realize when life gets hard, when things come up that we don't like, whenever we don't understand what you are doing, that all we need to do is wait and see what you're making. And after you get through mixing and baking, it'll probably be something even better than biscuits. Amen. That is how I celebrate the 4th of July. I know that when Frederick Douglass wrote, what is the 4th of July to a slave? Slavery was still in full effect. I know that when the Declaration of Independence was written, slavery was still in effect. I understand that there are founders and framers and men based on our Constitution that weren't stellar. People call them the founding fathers, and some people say they ain't my father. But like the lard and the bacon and the juice and all the stuff that you put into making cooking taste so good. Our nation is what it is today because of them, because of you, because of all of us. I celebrate my freedom on the 4th of July. From how it's changed, what I've put into it myself. I celebrate my grandmother and her shotgun. I celebrate the guy who has never seen me before, but passes me some ammo. I celebrate the guy who looks like he would rather string me up. But we're laughing over the same joke. We're, we're patting each other on the back. We're actually listening to the same music. We both like the same food. That we're more alike than we are separate and different. I celebrate America. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe you never had to serve with somebody who looked different than you did. That talked different than you did. That said the wrong thing, but that person would risk their life for yours. Maybe you never done that. Maybe you don't realize that slavery is still happening. That there's forced child labor, forced marriages, and prostitution, and human trafficking, that real slavery is really happening, and that you are not a slave. If you got a computer, you're not a slave. If you got a cell phone in your pocket, you're not a slave. If you're a keyboard commando or gear queer, you're not a slave. And can I be real honest with you? I'm not all that in a bag of chips. I've been doing this stuff since 1991. I had a website in 1999. If I was really smart, I'd be on top of my game. I'd be the master, the king of SEO and search engine optimization. I'd have the number one website in gun world. And I've been ahead of all these people. But I didn't know what I didn't know. I'm just a dude. A guy who's got in trouble being a pastor, a pro-gun pastor. Pretty much lost my church being pro-gun and for my people. Trying to take care of the people in the street. I could go on a whole tangent on that one. I've been chastised by people for being too much like a preacher and not, not enough like a business person. I'm trying to help somebody. I've been accused of being an Uncle Tom. I've been accused of being too soft, too hard, too rationally, too, ro- too revolutionary. Yeah, I've been them all. And sometimes I say the wrong thing. But my intentions are good. Sometimes I get a little angry at the big organizations that are just perpetrating. But I understand. After almost 30 years in this world, in this business, in this community, I know the reality of a lot of it. You pretty much can't piss on me now and tell me it's raining. I know. You can't blow smoke up my butt and tell me I'm floating on a cloud. I know the deal. I know real contenders and pretenders. I've cried with people. I've cried for people. I've prayed for people. I've scared people. I had people running and grabbing their purses and locking their doors at night and wondering 
That black man got too many guns. I've learned to hate politics more and more. I never liked it anywhere. Not in churches, not in the home, not in schools, and definitely not in my government. At a funny stage in my life right now. Yeah, really. Understanding that my opinion doesn't count. That we are where we are because nobody really listens. Folks will do what they want to do anyway. They will repeat the same mistakes that I made, even though I tell them, hey, don't go in there. Don't hang out with that person. You have to find it on your own. To quote Woody Guthrie, this land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. Next up is Michael J. Woodland. Take it away, brother. Thank you, Ken. And welcome to another Tips and Review segment. I am Michael Woodland of m-wtactical.com, and today we're going to discuss safety rules. How many of us actually go to the range, and before we start practicing or shooting, we neglect to go over the firearm safety rules? This is something that should take place anytime you step on a range, even if you are by yourself. It is a measure to reassure you are doing the safe and right thing, even when no one is around. The safety rules are in place to keep everyone safe and to keep order in place. As soon as one is broken, chaos can happen. Keep your mind set on safety and focus on your training needs, and it will be a good day. For those who are newer to shooting, you may have heard someone mention the safety rules, which should take place before any class, competition match, or just you firing with some friends. Let's review some rules I deem to be very important when it comes to shooting. Number one, treat all firearms as if they are loaded. Number two, keep your finger off the trigger and the firearm on safe until you are ready to fire with your sights in view of the target. Number three, never point a firearm at anything you do not intend on shooting. Number four, maintain situation awareness of what's going on around you, your target, and beyond your target at all times. Number five, never handle your weapon with someone downrange or in front of the firing line. If you follow these rules and the additional rules at the range you frequent, I am sure you will have a good day with all your training needs being met. Be in the presence of safety and focus on training and have fun while doing so. Thank you for all those who follow and support the M-W Tactical Facebook page. If you haven't done so, look us up on Facebook and hit the like button and join in on the many discussions that are taking place. We are trying to reach our goal of 2,000 likes before the end of the year. Tell your buddies to get on Facebook and hit the like button on the M-W Tactical Facebook page. For those who are more into Twitter, follow us at M underscore W tactical. If you are more into photos, follow me on Instagram at munitions, weapons, tactical, where you can get an up close and personal involvement of my daily life and involvement at a shooting range. If you would like to read more about us, do so by going to the newly revamped site of www.m-wtactical.com. 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com where you can easily connect with us on any of the previously mentioned social platforms while looking at pictures, viewing future classes, emailing us, or even listening to the current week of the Black Man with the Gun podcast. For those who want a more direct approach, just email us at info at m-wtactical.com or call us at 803-250-1256. Leave a message and we will get back to you so we can discuss whatever is on your mind from shooting classes or just inviting us to come to your upcoming event. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Back to you, Ken. Thanks, man. This portion of the show has been brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. The USCCA has been providing education, training, and self-defense insurance to responsibly armed Americans since 2003. Join Tim Schmidt and myself here at usconcealedcarry.com. I want to give out some shout outs this week to um, Kevin Van Eckren. He was on the show uh, a while back and is a friend. He just launched his new podcast called The State of Logic, and you can find it at thestateoflogic.com. I want to give a quick shout out to my friends Carrie Lightfoot and Barbara Baird of the Women's Gun Show podcast. They've broken the 4000 a month barrier. And they're rising steadily. So check out the Women's Gun Show podcast when you get a chance. Also, podcasts that are pretty cool, Ham 360 by my friend and brother, Kale Nelson. If you're into ham radio and tech, some good stuff there. And my mainstay, my main man, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting, who is the one who's continued my education and uh, fostered all the stuff that I learned about podcasting. Dave Jackson, the School of Podcasting. I'm Ken Blanchard, and I want to invite all those in the Maryland, D.C., and Virginia area that aren't a part of a fun gun club to join mine. It's called the Fun Gun Club. Yeah, that's what it means. It's real. It's going to be something where you can have monthly training. Don't have your HQL yet? Don't know what that is? You'll find out here. Can get concealed carry? Able to get it? We'll work on that one here, too. Got a gun? Never shot that bad boy. We'll bring it out the mothballs. Training. Fun. There's a lot of things that you can do outside of a static gun range. Did you know that the F in firearms can be for fun? Yeah, we're going to do it here. Be a part of a new thing that I'm starting, and it's going to be a blast. The Fun Gun Club. If you're interested, email me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. It's for the Maryland, D.C., and Virginia people right now it's not for everyone though if you qualify contact me blackmanwithagun at gmail.com the fun gun club Speaking of the Fun Gun Club, 
just want to give a quick update for those in the Maryland, D.C. and Virginia area. Uh, we are working on getting some training available. Got a really good trainer that's done everything from force on force training to uh, Maryland handgun qualifications, concealed carry. Um, got a, some outstanding stuff. We're going to be doing building ARs, classes, and uh, I've been contacting all the range guys I know around here so we can do some trips. Uh, we're also doing some social stuff like fine dining, some sports activities, some travel. Uh, I mean, working on a fun cruise, restaurants, and uh, hooking up with uh, the National Stadium and the Verizon Center for the basketball season. And there's a whole bunch of stuff we're going to make sure that your rusty old gun doesn't stay rusty. Or if you're a shooter and you've been shooting forever, but you're tired of doing it by yourself, here's a chance where you can actually help some other people. Might even meet a future spouse in the group. I'm going hardcore social with this thing. And I'm kind of like it. I'm having a good time putting this thing together. And I just got the design for our new T-shirt and our new logo. And that's going to be out. We got a private Facebook group. And things are coming along. If you're in the Maryland, D.C. and Virginia area and you would like to be a part of my new club, it's called the Fun Gun Club. And there's a website for it. I still got work to do on that thing. But if you want to be a part of it, like the man said, hit me up with an email at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com and I will give you the info. All right, I think that's enough for today. I want to thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting this podcast. If you need to fill out a hurt feelings report, feel free to send it to blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Maturity is not when we start speaking big things. It is when we start understanding the small ones. Just in case you don't quite get it. I love you. And it's not a darn thing you can do about it. This is your friend and your brother from another mother, Kim Blanchard. Free your mind, and the rest will follow. Shalom, baby. One, two, three, four. Also, the black man.